Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Slice a fox, cultured in pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, yeah, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What is going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. It is Friday. We've already got a game in the books. Matt is here with me. We're going to recap the Thursday night game between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And then we will preview the entire week one NFL slate for you guys. Before we jump into it, I do want to say we are proud to be part of the Big Skin Podcast Network Check them out. They have a ton of great podcasts on there. Not just football. Got fantasy. But uh, I already said football. Hockey, baseball, soccer. They've got it all. Double the football. Look, double it's the important football. that they know there's football. If I did not mention, there is football on there. We are one of the football podcasts on there. We're cl- proud to be a part of them. Obviously, also very happy to be part of CampusToCanton.com as well. Matt, how was it? Last night, first night of football. Saw you had some nachos. It felt yes. like everything was right in the world again, right? I know. There is this uh, beautiful food truck by our house uh, that they opened up a storefront in a gas station. And it's like been a, my wife and I's obsession. They have this loaded breakfast fries that I decided was the perfect opening night. They lay down a bed of fries, cover it in cheese and bacon, a little bit of Pueblo green chili and sausage gravy, then fry some eggs on top. So I might have a heart attack Sounds just like delicious. the rest of the Cowboys fans. Uh, but, you know, that combined with the fact that my uh, heavy investment in <coughs> Cowboys fantasy assets paid off big time last night. And it's, it's mean, been a good Friday. That is uh, – I know this is a sponsor bit, Austin. I'm, I am – I am literally was eating right before this, and I am hungry again. Minus the green chili, but I'm very picky about the food I eat. But I think next time I go up to Colorado, uh, I'm going to have to try that out because that do you, sounds do you like amazing. Oh, I you do can not. Get it with so just gravy. You don't. So have here's to have green chili. You can get it with just green chili. I mean, or just gravy. You have you have met me and my wife. So yeah. my wife makes fun of me all the time because I'm the kind of guy that like if I go to like you know just Target and get like the name brand like salsa. Like if I get medium, I'm over there with a cup of water. Like oh my god, it's so hot. So no, I don't do spicy things at all. I admit, we do not get along. So that's why I said minus yeah. the chili part. The rest when of it you, sounds when amazing. you come up next time, we'll take you. Uh, we'll oh, take for you sure. There. That will. That sounds. Uh, it sounds amazing. So let's jump into it. You mentioned Cowboys fans. I wish I would have had this conversation with you guys on the podcast. Or it would have been you because we're the ones who do the Wednesday show together. I was talking to, as you know, living here in Texas, a bunch of Cowboys fans. And it's funny. I told them that I thought this would be a close game and that I thought it would come down to the Cowboys leaving too much time on the clock for Tom Brady to get a game-winning drive, and it happened. Cowboys played a lot better than 
I think a lot of people thought they were going to. A lot of people worried about that defense now. I definitely think Tampa Bay is very one-dimensional. They do not have a very good running attack, but that 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 passing game is incredible, as is the Cowboys. Let's start, though, on the Cowboys' side since they did lose this game. I mean, Dak, Lamb, and Cooper. I thought that I gave Amari Cooper the death kiss by drafting him this year because we all know I am not his biggest fan. I mean, right out the bat, I'm ex- I'm an extremely happy man. I mean, I, I I didn't even look last last time I looked, he had 23 plus fantasy points for me and Scott Fishbowl. Yes. Uh, thank you, That's thank you, Amari. Night. I'm 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 a fan. I'm a fan, Amari. I'm sorry for everything I've said about you. But what were your thoughts about those three? Because even Michael Gallup got in on the action. It was it was a good game all around for the passing attack. Yeah. So there was a lot lot to like. Um, as long as you weren't relying on Ezekiel Elliott last night. Uh, you know, we, we thought he was going to have a slower week. Uh, Tampa Bay has a pretty decent defensive front. Uh, Zach Martin was out. It looked like the Cowboys kind of took that in mind and decided that their best uh, offense against that kind of a defense was to basically take the front seven out of it to snap a lot of balls into the shotgun and throw quickly and rely on their playmakers on the outside. And they had great success with that. Um, kind of bummer news about Gallup that's starting to come out today. Sounds like he's going to be out three to five weeks, but Lamb and Cooper look good. Dak's arm to me looks fine. I mean, he threw it uh, 1.2 million times last night, had good zip on the ball, um, looked pretty accurate to me. I mean, even that one interception you could argue probably should have been caught. Um, yeah, it went right through Lamb's hands. Yeah, right that, that should have should have been. Gone. And I think he knew it too. If you saw his reaction on the bench, he yeah. had that kind of like, God, uh, like really. Yeah. So I think he knew it too. So the, the probably the couple things going forward. I'm not panicking about Zeke just yet because I think it was matchup and game plan based a little bit. It was intriguing to me that Pollard got so much. Uh, run that will be something uh, to watch it was a little disappointing there was a couple opportunities that Zeke had where he couldn't really make guys miss or uh, I feel like five years ago he would have been in the touch uh, in the end zone on that toss out Um, and then the other one we've wondered all offseason what was going to happen with tight ends a lot of people want thought Blake Jarwin just going to go back to being the guy it certainly looks like at best it's going to be a split Schultz may actually be a little bit ahead of him yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I said I thought uh, if I had to pick between two, I would say I said Jarwin on Wednesday. So I was wrong on that. I know uh, Ray Garvin, he's um, for those you don't Ray GQ on Twitter. He lives down here in the Texas area. Big Cowboys fan. He's been tooting the Dalton Schultz horn this whole time. So mm-hmm. it definitely you are right now. I didn't get to see the uh, I've not gotten to watch the fourth quarter yet. For those of you who don't know, I wake up like very, very early in the morning. So I still have to to go back and watch that. I know how the game ended. I watched the, the highlights of it. I, I like to go back and watch it. I'm with you on Zeke. Um, I was telling people today, I really only thought, like I was planning, I have him in a couple places. And I was like, I was hoping for six to eight points. Obviously he fell short of that as well. But I was hoping he gets into the end zone, he'll make your day. Tampa Bay had one of the best run defenses last year. That wasn't going to change much this year. They brought everybody back. What does scare me is two things you mentioned, though, just a minute ago. The usage of Tony Pollard, who's not going away, and he definitely just at times looks more explosive than Zeke. And then on that toss out, that is where you're 100% right. The Zeke of even two years ago easily makes that guy miss or just runs him over and is in the end zone, and it didn't happen. I'm worried about that. Uh, That is kind of my biggest thing that worries me because I will also add in 
Well, I know Martin was out. I'm also really worried that like this just may be the Cowboys offense because this is what they did last year too. There was at one point in the third quarter where Dak Prescott had thrown the ball 41 times and they had run it 10 times. Now last year, Zeke benefited from this because when they got down into the red zone, he was able to score. A lot of people may not have realized he was like a top, I think he was like the top three back uh, through the first couple of weeks of the season because he was getting all those touchdowns. But yesterday that did not work out for him. I don't want to say boomer bust, but I'm really starting to worry that maybe he's not quite. I don't remember where we all had him ranked seasonally. I, I'm really starting to worry he's probably going to be closer to 12 than like that top five or six because I, I just yeah. I don't want to freak out too much about one game. And it really wasn't. I know Tampa Bay's defense is good, but he just he still kind of looked like the guy we saw last year when Dak was hurt and we kind of all blamed it on Dak being hurt. Maybe that's just who Zeke is now. Well, and we blamed it some on the line being hurt, and they did get some back now. Of course, five-game suspension for Lyle Collins uh, doesn't really help matters a lot. Hopefully, they get Zach Martin back. I had him closer. I think I had him as RB10, so I had him closer to the bottom. But, you know, we talked about there's a lot of talent there. There's a lot of potential bunching there. I don't think it's going to be a huge leap to go from 10 to 12 to dropping to – you know, 14 to 18. Um, and people, there are still a lot of people that took him as the fourth, fifth, sixth running back off the board. That's probably a concern, but we'll see. I thought it was a good start. I it was a good start for Dallas. Their defense looks better. I think Dan Quinn with some time gets those young players going, uh, brought a couple of guys with him that knew his system from Atlanta that actually made good contributions. Keanu Neal, Deon, uh, Diamante Casey, uh, who knocked out that ball uh, out of Godwin's hands down by the goal line. They forced four turnovers. I thought that was good. They played with some good energy. Um, you know, questionable call maybe down there at the end, but, you know, those kind of things happen. I think they'll grow and they'll build on this. As it was noted last night, Dallas has a fairly soft schedule. They don't play another team that yeah. was in the playoffs last year until week 11. I think that's going to give some time for this, this team to – gel together and put up a lot of points yeah that that is the one thing i am not worried about is the cowboys offense putting up points you know i i it's weird to say this because i feel like anytime i give dallas love i just like i have to like go punch myself in the nuts or something like i just i don't like doing it but i would almost put their offense up against anybody's and and someone even asked me today like you would really put them up even against kansas city's i was like well in all honesty, yeah, because in my opinion, all they really have is Hill and Kelsey. And I understand Mahomes is a, a completely different animal at quarterback. But Prescott isn't that much of a step down from Mahomes. And then when you add in, when they're all healthy, Gallup, Lamb, Cooper, both those tight ends. And even if Zeke's even a little bit better than we saw last night, that's an offense that can keep up with anybody. So I, I, I definitely think they're going to score a lot and a lot of points over the next couple of weeks. What about Tampa Bay? Yeah. We um we all like Chris Godwin. Phenomenal game. Pretty sure that was offensive pass interference, but I'm not going to, you know, we're not going to argue that because then that would be Cowboys fans probably still won the game and you guys lost. It's over with. Get over it. Anyways, Godwin, he's good. He's incredible. Antonio Brown, though, we heard Arians talking about it all offseason, saying this is the Antonio Brown of old. For those of you who may not know, Arians was in Pittsburgh with Antonio Brown back in the day. He sure looked like the guy that we saw back in Pittsburgh before everything went down. 
going to Las Vegas. Well, it was Oakland at the time, but and and now back over here to uh, to Tampa Bay. Is this just kind of like a one-off with him and Mike Evans having a bad game? Are you worried if you're a Mike Evans owner? What what are your kind of thoughts on that? So we've talked about before, they have a ton of great players. So if we're looking at the panic or patience for the Buccaneers, I'm not panicking about Mike Evans. We've seen this before. He has games, even did this last year. He had games where he didn't have a ton of points, and then all of a sudden he comes back and gets 150 yards and three touchdowns. I think they're going to spread it around with him, Godwin, Antonio Brown, and Rob Gronkowski. The two places where I might have some concern, um, A, would be O.J. Howard. I thought O.J. Howard looked good at the beginning of last year, actually had uh, more you know, had better numbers against Gronkowski in the splits when they were together before he got injured. Looked like a non-factor last night. That gives me a moment of pause. I also am probably staying away from this running game altogether. Ronald Jones did not look good, put the ball on the ground. Nice of his coach to come out and say he had trouble recovering from it. We would never know because he didn't let him go back in the game. Uh, Giovanni Bernard looks like the two-minute drill guy, but maybe not quite as robust a role as we thought he might have. And Leonard Fournette exists. Um, I am not super pumped about their backfield at all. I loved what uh, Dennis left us some comments. He said, it seems my Fournette is Rojo's handcuff take is out the window. Seriously, though, Rojo looks like the more explosive player. But if he fumbles and can't catch the ball, he isn't going to see the field with Geico Lenny on the team. And that that did seem to be the case, even though Fournette popped an interception. I mean, those two running backs, there's a comedy of errors there right in the middle of the game, which can't be what Brady's looking for either. Yeah, so just to jump on the Evans thing, I'm with you. I'm not panicking. Again, everybody, if you've listened for a while, you know I'm not the biggest Mike Evans fan. Dude is consistent. He's likely going to end up being a Hall of Famer. But I think at the end of the year, he always gets you the fantasy points. I don't think he's consistent week to week. Just to point out what you were saying last year, in the first game, he had two yards and a touchdown, then 100 yards and a touchdown, then two yards, two touchdowns, 122 yards and a touchdown, then 41, 10, 37, 55, 64, 77, 49, 50, 56, and then 110, 181. Mixed in all of those where he only had a couple yards here and there was a lot of touchdowns. That is kind of what it seems like Mike Evans has become. I think that you're going to be just fine. Again, I think it, what is it, eight straight seasons of 1,000 yards? Seven. He's, yeah, seven. Open for eight. Well, he's going to get eight, my bet would be. I, I don't think that he's going to stop this year. Uh, but it, it's one of those – he's one of those players where he's going to be a little bit frustrating some weeks, but at the end of the day, he is going to end up being – uh, a, a very good fantasy wide receiver. Before we move on uh, and start doing our Friday previews and everything, last year we saw, um, golly, not Atlanta, Carolina had three wide receivers in the top 25. We kind of talked about it possibly being Dallas this year if Michael Gallup could get going, which he did, obviously now dealing with the injury. Does that maybe become Tampa Bay this year with the way Antonio Brown looked last night? Do you think, I don't want to say top 24, but top 25, six, could all three of them get up there by the end of the season? I mean, I think all three could end up in the top 24 because like what you said, what you can't factor is injuries and stuff. I I would, if we're looking at wide receiver trios right now that have the possibility, I like Tampa Bay's chances better than Pittsburgh, which I think – takes a little bit of a step back in a passing offense. I don't 
uh, you know, I don't see Carolina repeating that with Samuel gone and, and Marshall coming in. And Dallas, if, if Gallup's going to miss three to five games, he's already starting behind behind the curve. I think it's going to be too hard to make up and get yeah. into that 25 range. Which sucks because he, he's one of those guys that we, I know all three of us. I'm pretty sure Dennis is a big fan of him as well. And had that good game last night and then goes out and gets injured. And it's just like, man, like this, it really seemed yeah. – so do I. I. I was really hoping this would be uh, his years. But before we get into the Friday previews, Matt, go ahead. Yeah, so we are going to go over some of our thoughts about games. Matt and I have rankings up on the Campus to Canton side if you want to check that out. But if you want even more info as you're making lineup choices this week, we want to recommend getting the Flash Update Pro. Get all the tools that help Bob Harris reach the Fantasy Football Hall of Fame footballdiehards.com flash update pro has a full suite of tools to make you a better manager rankings configurable cheat sheets mock drafts consistency tools target distribution snap counts and more in fact it's got so much stuff it had me tongue-tied but use the code roundtable for an additional 15 percent off of the already low price of 24 dollars. go out and get that and dominate week one All right, so let's jump in. I know I figured okay. I, I've got to start putting. I got to start putting them in there. Do so because apparently pronouncing is not what either of us is doing now. Uh, it, it really isn't. Uh, I'm very bad about that. Um, made a whole whole intro song about it, just about how bad I am. So again, thank you so much to uh, the Pigskin Podcast Network. Let's jump in and talk about the entire Week One slate, a full game of a full weekend of football. I cannot wait with college kicking off tonight, tomorrow, and then we get all day Sunday and Monday. It is going to be a ton of fun. Let's start with the Philadelphia Eagles at the Atlanta Falcons. Matt, what are you expecting from Jalen Hurts? I know you're kind of the lowest on him out of at least me. I really can't remember where Dennis stands on Hurts. Yeah, I mean, we said it was going to be a whole weekend of fun, and then we started with the Eagles and the Falcons. Trust me, it gets it's more. It's going to be high score. It's going to be high scoring. I mean, it's probably going I'm, to matter for fantasy points. I'm not even sure it's high scoring. I I think it's going to take uh, these teams a little while to figure figure things out. I'm not I'm not high on Philly in general. Um, I'll be curious to see what Hurts does. I. You know, I've been on record as saying I think he's going to struggle in this year. I actually think we end up seeing Minshew at some point uh, in the season, probably not in week one. Um, it's a it's a little bit of a question about the preseason, you know, about the passing game. He wasn't uh, available in the preseason. Dennis noted about Hurts uh, some struggles with the passing game while the wide receivers uh, and he weren't on the same page, missing time in the preseason. He thinks Hurts will run the ball plenty, um, which should settle down Atlanta's defense uh, since it's not not that great. I, I think he'll be okay. I think I ranked him 17. I think he'll be a quarterback too. I'm just not – some people really think it's to the moon, and I know the matchup with Atlanta is potentially appealing, but I'm not there. I have him at five this week, seven, five or seven. I have him high. Brandon has him 10. I know that you were the one who had him. Uh, you did have him at 17. I remember that. We yeah, talked a little bit about that on, on Wednesday's podcast. So I do, and, and a lot of that, I think, again, comes down to his rushing ability. He is very good with his legs, and I just don't think Atlanta's defense is going to be able to stop him. I, I like – 
the weapons of Goddard. You know, Ertz is out there healthy again. He's kind of been like recommitting himself to Philadelphia. Devonta Smith, Jalen Rager, I think fit what Jalen Hurts does perfectly. You got Miles Sanders. You know, when he's healthy, he is usually a pretty good running back. So overall, I, I do think Philly has a pretty decent amount of offensive weapons. Can they get it all together? And who better than the Atlanta Falcons defense, which is just really not that good, right? So I'm, I'm all in on Hurts this week. I don't have him as like a top 10 quarterback throughout the season, uh, but definitely I think there are weeks that he will get there. Moving over to Atlanta's side, what are you expecting from Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley? They really seem to not only be the two really fantasy-relevant players on this team, but who Atlanta's really going to have to anchor their entire offense around. Yeah, I ranked uh, Ridley as number one receiver for me uh, this week, so I hope he was watching Amari Cooper last night thinking, hold my beer. Um, you know, I think he's by far the best passing weapon with Pitts. I'm, I'm thinking they're going to use he and Hayden Hurst a lot on the field together. I'm expecting a lot of two tight end sets with him being more of a receiving weapon along with Ridley. I think he's going to end up being the complimentary receiver. Um, so hopefully we get to see a little bit of that. I'm just excited to see him in an actual game. Philly's defense doesn't scare me a ton either. I know Dennis said he thinks Ridley's in line for 15 targets. I think it'll be at least 15, could be more. Yeah. Um, he said he wanted to see a clear week one indication of how the Falcons plan to use Pitts. You know, is he going to not start like Andrews but still get all the passing action? Is he going to be used as a wide receiver? Um, I still personally, I think there's going to be value for both him and Hurst, um, but I think he's going to be the much better value in there. And I have him top five this week. Yeah, I think I had him six because I forgot to rank Logan Thomas. So I think he ended up being six on there. Huh? Logan Thomas is now ranked. Just, <laughs> just so everybody knows. Logan Thomas probably going to have a pretty big day given that. Yeah, so, yes, so. I, I, I have him up. Oh, yeah, especially with Curtis Samuel being out, which we'll talk a little bit when we get to that Washington game. Yeah, I expect Pitts to be used just like you said. I don't. Sometimes I'm sure he'll line up at tight end. They're going to move him into the slot. They may even move him outside. He's going to be the best weapon they have outside of Calvin Ridley. I think Hurst is definitely going to be out there a lot, but they'll probably use him more as like a blocker. Definitely think he'll get some work because I think he's just going to be the guy who gets overlooked. Of course, knowing my luck, this is the year that he goes off in fantasy after I drafted him everywhere last year and he failed miserably. Uh, but I, I would definitely, if I had to pick, if I had to pick anybody, I'm, I'm leaning just on Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley and, and everybody is not even – I mean, you probably have to start Mike Davis because running back is just so bad, but I, I don't think he's going mean, to have a I huge think, game. I think he'll be top 25. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's just to say, you have to start him, but he's not – I'm not like, you know, it's almost like Zeke. You know, if you can get me 10 points, Mike Davis, I'm happy. I'm happy, so. Well, maybe All right. get traded to the Ravens before the end of the season. Uh, let's kick it off with, uh, what we'll do is we'll have you, uh, you can read Dennis's pick first. We'll just go in the same order every time Dennis, you, and then I'll, 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 I'll wrap it up with our game picks. Yep. So Dennis is taking the Falcons as am I. I'm taking the Eagles. I think, uh, I think Jalen Hurts is going to get it done. I'm, I said, I put him at five. I bought now, in on the, a, a couple of shares. Is the of Eagles Kool-Aid, is it actually green? Or it is. It's like a lot. It's like a lemon lime. It's it's you know like a sprite. You know LeBron. Where'd LeBron go? LeBron. So yeah, it's 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 beautiful. I love it. It's 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 amazing. All right, let's go on to what should be a very good game: Pittsburgh versus Buffalo. Uh, we know that Pittsburgh changed the way that their offense is going to be run this year. They got uh, they let go of forgot his name already. Um, that yeah. guy. 
Yeah, I know. He was very good friends with Ben Roethlisberger. Randy um, something. Randy Fickner. Fickner. There we go. Um, let him go. Who's very pass heavy. They want to get back to a more balanced offense. So what are you expecting from Najee uh, this weekend against a not just very good defense, but a very good rushing defense as well? Yeah, Dennis said he uh, he hopes that Najee Harris will be good enough to make uh, Pittsburgh's offensive line look better than it really is. Um, definitely their their line is something of a question. Buffalo's defense took a step back last year. Um, they definitely invested in the draft trying to make that front better. Um, we'll see if it worked out. I think Harris is going to be good. I think that they need him to balance out their offense. Pittsburgh started with a decent record last year, but wasn't maybe as good as that 11-0 start, and they really got exposed during that 1-5 finish. Yeah, They need more balance. Hopefully Harris can give them that. I have no doubt that he will. He, he's definitely a guy who... I talked a lot about this when I was uh, evaluating him as a rookie coming into the NFL. I looked at what is considered a no-gain positive run, where every time they get the ball, how often do they at least get positive yards or no gain? That's a good thing, right? You don't want them to get negative yards. I even put no gain in the negative because you still didn't do anything necessarily positive. 12% of his runs were for no gain or negative yards. 12%. That was some of the best that I have seen out of the past. I went all the way back three draft classes, and it was the best. Another guy up there, interestingly enough, now we know is very good. James Robinson, he was at 9%. Granted, played a little bit lesser competition. But Najee, I think, was third. Um, Zeke was up there his year with Ohio State where he they won the national championship. And I, No, it wasn't CMC. There was somebody else, and I can't remember who it was now. Uh, but they were all up there, the very the the best of the best. I think Najee is going to be just fine because he's also very good out of the backfield catching the ball. And, and so I do think they're going to get him involved in that game as well. I, I almost want to say what I expect from Najee this year is almost like a Saquon Barkley rookie season where he's going to do work in the rushing yards, but a, a rushing attack. But I think he's going to become very much more known for what he does in the receiving game. And that's where a lot of his fantasy points are going to come from. So I do think they're going to dump off to him a lot. On Buffalo's side here, can they establish a run game? We know that passing tack is, is already very good with Diggs, Beasley. You know, pour one out for Dawson Knox. That doesn't seem like that's ever going to happen. Uh, Gabriel Davis. You never know. They cut Hollister, um, which could be a vote you know. in his favor. I mean, I guess I should keep believing in him. I mean, shit, I've, I've been believing in Chris Herndon for like 15 years, so why should I give up on Dawson Knox? But uh, I, I, the, the main thing is going to be the rushing attack, right? We know the we, we know the passing game is going to be good. Do you think that this rushing game can get going against a Pittsburgh defense that, as you mentioned, kind of got exposed a little bit last year and, in my opinion, didn't get much better over this offseason? And if so, which back do you trust more, Singletary or Moss or Josh Allen? I mean, Josh Allen's always going to get get his, um, and I think he's always going to be a factor in the red zone. They need probably more balance as well if they want to go further this year. I think the running game will end up being better. I don't know that we see it this week. Um, Pittsburgh has some pretty decent players in their front seven, um, and a lot of good passing weapons for the Bills, so I think they probably will rely more on the pass. Dennis said he thinks uh, neither back – is more than a deep league flex play. He said Moss has TD upside, and he thinks Singletary has more receiving upside. I suppose that's possibly true. I'm not high on starting either, but if I was playing one, I actually have them twinned uh, in several leagues where I have both of them. 
which has just doubled my sadness when I'm making lineup decisions. But I'm really actually does. I'm leaning towards Moss for the time being. So am I. If I had to play one, it's going to be Moss, just because I think when they get down into the red zone, we saw before he got hurt that they were using him there. I do think they don't want to use Josh Allen as a battering ram forever. Uh, so I think Moss will be that guy. And if he gets you two touchdowns, it doesn't matter if he only got 20 rushing yards. 12 points right there on the touchdown. So I'm all in on Zach Moss as well. Uh, let's go ahead and give our picks. Dennis is taking the bills, as am I. As am I. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. I will never pick the Pittsburgh Steelers to win a game. I'm just kidding. But I don't think they win this weekend. All right, next up. Against the Bengals. Uh, I wouldn't. Joe Burrow all day, baby. This game probably not going to be that exciting. The Minnesota Vikings at the Cincinnati Bengals. We know that uh, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen are going to be studs. Kirk Cousins is exactly what you expect him to be. Tyler Conklin and the aforementioned Chris Herndon are both going to be splitting time at tight end. Are you trusting either one of them in your fantasy league this weekend? Dennis said that he, we're going to have to see how it plays out. He's not looking for anything from them in week one. I might go a step further and say, I don't know if we're going to see much. You know, I was super excited about Irv Smith. So I thought tight end has potential. I think both those guys are probably going to end up rotating around. And I'm just not high on the Vikings. I am starting to get nervous, though, because we are kind of low on the Vikings. In our uh, league chat, um, our friend Jacob who actually lives in Minnesota and is a Vikings fan, said he thinks they're going to finish the last place in their division below the Lions. You did too. I that picked them that makes way. makes me yeah. nervous now if everybody's just dumping on them. They're either going to be really bad or they're going to be really good and make us all look yeah. dumb. I'm still hoping <laughs> that they're – I still think they have big 7 and 10 energy. I'm not playing either yeah. uh, tight end right now. I think Conklin is – getting overlooked though by a lot of the Herndon truthers who are hoping he's going to be Irv Smith revisited. I mean, you know, there's just something about that guy. You just can't quit. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I hope that you are right. I, I mean, I, I, I really do think at this point, it probably is time to give up on Herndon. He's had so many chances and hasn't been able to do it. You know that I I very much talked about the Vikings being a playoff team because they seem to be every other year. It just, Everything that keeps coming out of Minnesota makes me think that they're not going to be good. I, I mentioned this, I think, last year. I said it was a horrible idea for them to extend Mike Zimmer. Doesn't look like it worked and out Cousins. last year. Yeah, well, I like the, it. I like it. So. Those two guys don't really seem to get along, and they, they extended well, them both that's and tied them together. If that's the part yeah. that makes that's curious. So I, I I think realistically it's it's just the top four and in, in Jefferson Thielen Cook and, and Cousins and if Conklin does come on though I, I if, if he goes out and has I mean I think probably if he goes out and has a good week one you have to pick him up then because and mostly if he isn't is on waiver wires people are going to attack that because tight end is so shallow uh, so if he does I would definitely grab him because we've seen. Kirk Cousins has made that tight end position very valuable, especially with as good as Kyle Rudolph was for years there. Um, even well, even before Cousins got there, but he's—I gotta see it. I don't know if I can just uh, trust Conklin. I—I I, I don't know. I honestly think this might be a gross game. Oh yeah, for sure. It's going to be like three to six going into the fourth quarter. I, I have no doubt I about mean, it. I—I don't know if it'd be that low, but I, I wouldn't. No, it's going to be three to six. When it's 
when it's three to six in the fourth quarter, I'm just gonna like I'm gonna shoot you a picture of the of the scoreboard and be like, yeah, what I you tell should you. Tag and then it's gonna end Twitter. up and then it's gonna end up being like 31 to 24, but it's gonna start out really really bad. On Cincinnati's side, we get Joe Burrow back. He is getting paired with his former college teammate, Jamar Chase. Everybody was excited about it when they drafted him, except for everybody who you know wanted them to get an offensive lineman to protect Joe Burrow. Uh, but he is there now, so we can't be uh, too mad about it. People are panicking about the drops, though, that Jamar Chase has been having. Uh, people misquoting him, saying that the ball is hard to catch and all that other good stuff. What are you expecting out of Burrow and Chase in this offense in week one? Did you see that quote, by the way? Yeah, I didn't realize the NFL yeah. ball was slightly bigger, but I still don't understand. Yeah. Not having it's it's play. slightly bigger. Well, he said that that's not what he said. I saw his tweet. Well, so what they said on PTI is he was literally describing the difference in the ball because that's what he was asked, and people have inferred from that that it yeah. makes it more difficult, which that's, you know, maybe it's rookie media hazing. Dennis said he expects T Higgins to be wide receiver one. He thinks Chase will be fine. He just needs to get into some game action. Stop thinking too much. Dennis said, don't sleep on Tyler Boyd. Although if you're a fantasy manager, be prepared to be nervous as you watch Burrow run for his life. Uh, if you check out, I think it should drop today, my sit-start column, which I'm going to do every Friday for uh, Campus to Canton, picking one sit and one start uh, from each of the positions and then holding myself accountable, which is the part that I'm least uh, excited about. This week, my two, two of my sits were Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. I think they're going to be fine season-long. I still like them, and I still like them a lot in Dynasty. I think both of them rust to shake off that Zach Taylor opted not to let them shake off. You know, you put him out for that preseason game and you try a short wide receiver screen to prop up the confidence of both those guys and it doesn't go well. And then you immediately take them out of the game. Way to go. I think both of them have had a layoff chase. We, we forget did not play in 2020. You have to work yourself back into game rhythms. Joe Burrow's recovering from an injury that was not insignificant. He's going to be working himself back. I think they're going to have a good season. I'm not sure this is their best game. Yeah, because that's the one thing. Minnesota does still have a pretty good defense, so it's not going to be an easy game for them to get going. Uh, that being said, I, I expect Mixon to go out there and have a pretty good game. And I, I'm, I'm with Dennis and you. I, I don't think Chase is going to be there just yet because I don't think we can take that – out of it that he missed the entire year and it wasn't even due to injury which he didn't play and regardless of i'm sure he was staying in shape and doing all this stuff in the offseason but as we've talked about there's nothing like live reps actually being out there and doing it and as you just mentioned they didn't really get a chance to do that in the preseason so this is going to be kind of their first time back together again i understand that they had two years of that together at lsu Still, it matters a little bit. It's a little bit faster. Players are a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger in the NFL than they are in college. I know everybody with the SEC is like the next best thing, but still a little bit better going into the NFL. Uh, so I expect Chase to take a little bit of time, but I'm with Dennis. I'm not worried about him at all. He'll be fine. Just give him a little bit of time. Uh, who are we picking in this game here, Matt? Dennis is going with the Vikings. I took the Bengals to win the home opener. I'm with you. I'm going to take the Bengals. I, I, if I'm all in on this this bad energy for the Vikings, I can't pick them to win a bunch of games. So I am taking the Bengals as well. Next up, we are going up to Motor City. San Francisco 49ers at the Detroit Lions. We know that Trey Lance was out due to a chip in his thumb. 
Do we see him at all in this game? There were thoughts. I thought it was his pinky finger. It was his thumb. Oh, probably was his pinky finger. I think I, someone said something about a thumb the other day, and that's just what's going on in my head. So um, regardless, he hurt a finger. But there were rumors that they might have like different packages for him. Do you expect we see him? We're going to see him on yes. TV. Do you actually expect to see him in the game, though, at some point in time Sunday? I do. I think, you know, we've talked about it. I think for a majority, if not all the season, they're going to use him similar to how the Saints have used Taysom Hill. I think there's things that he can do that they like, um, that they think will help boost up their offense, and they will use him as a complement to a more traditional quarterback in Jimmy G. If Jimmy G gets injured, I think you see it all, Trey Lance. I'm not sold that he definitely is the guy or the starter uh, this season, especially if, as we both expect, they remain a pretty good team in playoff contention. But I think we will probably see him every week. Yeah, I mean, I, I have them winning the division, and I actually think it's because Trey Lance eventually does take over as starter, but I'm with you. I think we see him two packages. I don't think we're going to see a ton of them this weekend, but he will get out there on the field. Which Lions receiver do you think rises to the top? And if you, whichever one you pick, are any of them playable for fantasy this week? So Dennis, who uh, is more of the Lions truther, says he would play Amon St. Brown as a flex. Uh, but the guy that he's been picking up is former Brown, Kaderil Hodge. He thinks he says he's free and could end up as the wide receiver too on the Lions. I think it's still possible Tyrell Williams plays a bigger role than we think. I want to see how it shakes out for a couple weeks. I don't feel great about starting anyone from Detroit. That being said, I have a super deep league where I've been obliterated by injuries, and I did put Amon Ross St. Brown in as a deep flex. So I'm, you know, I'm hoping it's not an incredible matchup. San Francisco doesn't have a, an incredible secondary, but they have a pretty good front seven. Yeah, I. TJ Hawkinson? That's about it. That that man. Oh, yeah. wait, that's well, right. Morse, you know. And he has an AC joint issue, which is kind yeah. of a bummer. He's always injured. Yeah, uh, wide receiver-wise, I, mean, I don't trust Tyrell. You know, I know Dennis mentioned Kadero Hodge. You know, he had moments with the Browns last year, but I don't expect him to really do anything fantasy-wise, yeah. if I'm being honest. Amon Ra's the guy, but I'm with you. I need to see it before. I'm just – I actually have the same thing having to start him in a lineup this week. So I'm hoping that he does it. But if I had my choice, yeah, if I had my choice, I would be waiting a couple weeks to kind of see how he plays. start Tyrell Williams somewhere too. Oh, that hurts. That hurts right there. Hey, five points. Just like hope for five points. And if he gets it for you, it's probably a win because I think they probably haven't projected. I I just needed Mike Evans and catch one pass for three yards and a touchdown down there. There you go. All right, so who are we picking to win the 49ers-Lions game? Uh, Dennis and I are both in on the Niners. Me too. I'm not picking the Lions. I did pick them to win five games, though, so I got to pick them at some point, but it's not going to be against the – not going to be here against the 49ers. Probably not opening week. Next up – Yeah. A, a game that Matt and myself talked about a lot on Wednesday that has the potential to be high-scoring. Arizona Cardinals at the Tennessee Titans. Arizona, James Conner, Chase Edmonds. It's kind of been the debate of the offseason. Who leads the backfield? What do you guys think on that? Dennis said he thinks the Cards wants it to be Edmonds. He's just not sure he's going to hold up. 
I think they also want it to be Edmonds. I think they're going to use James Conner as more of a first and second down kind of smashing back. That being said, I think this is going to be a more pass-heavy game. Um, Both these teams have some suspect issues on defense. I think this could be one of the higher-scoring games of the week. I actually have Edmonds as running back 16 this week. I think it's going to be wheels up for him. I think it's going to be Edmonds until he gets hurt. I I don't think that they're going to put – like, I I agree with you. I could see Conner kind of being the – the power back, I expect him to be in there more on the goal line plays when they're not running Kyler Murray. But I think Edmonds is the guy they want to be the starter. And, I mean, we keep saying that. I guess he has dealt with his fair amount of injuries, but so did Keenan Allen when Keenan Allen first came out. And now we don't ever talk about him really being hurt that much. So you don't. we don't know Chase Edmonds could go out there this year and have a full season of health. So I, I think it is Edmonds. It's the guy. He's the guy playing. I don't think I had him as high as you did, but I, I expect him to go out there and have a good game. Do you really just have to worry about does Connor kind of vulture some of those touchdowns from him? That's where I think in PPR, the passing game work. Uh, yeah. Although it will be interesting to see what is having a Rondale Moore, what is having an AJ <sighs> Green do to that. So we'll see. I'm more, more definitely. Green, uh, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't know. I need to see. That's one of those need to see to see it to believe the kind of things with AJ Green. Can I interest you in a uh, Christian Kirk? Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> Rondell Moore. That's about all I want outside of DeAndre Hopkins on that offense. Uh, we talked a little bit about tight ends earlier with Conklin and Chris Herndon. Another kind of guy who's been talked about as a sleeper tight end here for Tennessee is Anthony Ferkser. Are you willing to take a shot on him? Arizona was like historically bad against tight ends. I almost want to say the last two years. I know for sure last year. Uh, so are you willing to take a shot on Ferkser this week? There are worse options, but I was super hopeful that he was going to kind of launch into a big role. He seemed to be having a pretty sizable role, even with Johnny Smith last year. But that noise has gotten real quiet. So hopefully we see something in week one. I think if you're playing him, you're you're taking a shot. Uh, far from a certain thing for me at this point. Yeah, I'm with you too. Again, if you're in like a tight end premium league and – you have this, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield as strategy of like to live dangerously like I did. And you just kind of punt tight end for God knows what reason. Uh, and you end up with a guy like Ferkser you're probably playing in. But uh, much like Conklin, I want to see that play out before I actually trust putting him in my lineup. Who are you guys picking to win this game? Dennis took the Titans, as did I. Cardinals all the way. Red Sea, baby. Let's go. Next up, um, I guess this could be a fairly interesting game. The Seattle Seahawks at the Indianapolis Colts. It's probably not the best way to lead it. I guess this could be a very interesting game, but eh, you know, we'll, we'll see. What are you expecting from Seattle's offense? We talked a lot about this, um, I believe, on Monday with Dennis, where we were really kind of not sure what was going to happen with this offense. They don't seem to trust Russell at times. Sometimes they do. Uh, so what do you think about Seattle's offense? You know, I think 
they wanted to go back. There's here's another team that wanted to go back to having more run focus, um, probably because they didn't like the way they ended the season last year. I think we're still going to see one or two fantastic plays from Metcalf. Metcalf and Lockett are going to be pretty much the passing game with uh, with Russ. He's always still going to be fine. I think we've seen throughout his career, even when they focused on the run. I think they're going to try to use Chris Carson a lot. The Colts have a decent defense. I don't think this is going to be particularly high scoring um, when we'll get to it in a minute, but we know Carson Wentz, they came out and said he's going to play, but I think he's going to be a little bit rusty and he's fresh off of foot surgery on a new team. So I this might be one of those games in the teens as well. Uh, Seattle is not particularly adept or hasn't been in the past at traveling to the Eastern time zone either. Yeah, um, it's, it's you know, Russell, I, I feel like you still have to trust the main guys. Wilson, DK, Tyler, Carson, they may not all have great games every single week, but kind of like what I said about Mike Evans, by the end of the year, they're going to get you there. You're just going to have to deal with some frustrating weeks. I, but I honestly don't know what to think at all about this offense, and, and I picked them to not make the playoffs this year. I had them last in that division. I do not expect Seattle to be a very good team. Moving on to Indy, they have some uh, very questions of their own. I mean, they, they got letting get rid of Philip Rivers. He retired. They brought over Carson Wentz, who a lot of people were very excited with at first, and he's already been injured, hasn't really got a chance to practice or do anything in preseason because of that. Now he's going to go out there and start against Seattle. Yeah, and I think probably more concerning for Colts fans is Quentin Nelson. Uh, was injured too. I haven't seen if he's uh, on track to start uh, yet. Uh, hopefully he will be. They went and signed Eric Fisher from the Chiefs, and he's already been ruled out for week one. Uh, still not ready to come back from that Achilles injury. So definitely going to be missing some pieces. That being said, Seattle's defense isn't what it once was. I'm hoping for a heavy dose of Jonathan Taylor. I'm worried about a heavy yeah. dose of Neheim Hines after he just got a brand new three-year extension to crush the hopes and dreams of everyone uh, who rosters Jonathan Taylor. And I'm hoping uh, we get some clarity about how they're going to use Pittman and uh, Paris Campbell. We know T.Y. Hilton's out. Uh, we don't really have a good sense of their tight end. Zach Pascal just simply exists. So I'd like to see some of these young players I invested in over the years come to fruition. I mean, I'm all with you on the Jonathan Taylor train. I picked him to be a top 12 back last year. Love the kid. That all being said, it's going to be the Zach Pascal game because that's what Frank Reich does and that's what Indy does. <laughs> Zach they Pascal just love the Kyle piss and Yeah, Lord and, and Marlon, the return of the Mac, baby. Marlon Mack's going to be the best running back out of the three. It's got to love Frank Reich. Now, I, I mean, uh, the Pittman and, and Campbell are the two for me as well. I really want to see what they can do this week. I mean, Taylor's going to be fine. We know Hines is going to be involved. It just is what it is. We have to deal with it. The difference is Jonathan Taylor's just so damn talented. It doesn't matter how much, unless they just completely bench him. He's going to get you points. May not, may start out a little bit slow like last year, but he'll be fine. Who, uh, who are you guys picking to win the game? So Dennis took the Seahawks. I think it's a pick'em game, but I went with the Colts. So do I, and I don't know which way I want to go because I picked the Colts to win the division, but it was at like nine and seven, and then I picked Seattle to be bad. But I'm going to go with Seattle. I, I think I trust Russ just a little bit more than I do Carson Wentz right now, and. Frank Reich's just gonna do something stupid to piss me. I'm just not a fan. I don't. I don't know. I don't know why. I feel bad. I just. I, I, I don't like him. Uh, 
Next up, a game that I actually think is going to be one of the better ones of the weekend, the Los Angeles Chargers at the Washington football team. Aside from Keenan Allen on the Chargers, is there any receiver you trust and are willing to play this week in fantasy? I don't know about totally trust. I think the number two option in the passing game is Austin Eckler, who I've ranked pretty high, although his uh, already dealing with an injury gives me a moment of pause. Mike Williams. Justin Jackson, baby. It's finally here. We called for it a couple years ago. It's finally here, Matt. Mike Williams needs to uh, do do something this year. I think, you know, he's kind of in a contract here. I was mildly surprised they picked up his fifth-year option, but they don't really have a lot going. Curious to see Josh Palmer. Um, see if he can be anything. Curious to see the tight end split with Cook and Parham, but not trusting any of that. Mike Williams is the only one I'd consider in a deeper league. And since I'm playing Tyrell Williams, I definitely would play Mike Williams if I had him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for me, it's it's Allen and Eckler. Uh, we talked a little bit about this on Wednesday. We did our rankings. This is a really good Washington defense. One of the main reasons why I'm picking Washington to win the East because I think that defense is top three, at worst top five. Um, it's going to be a rough game, and especially, I think, for for uh, Herbert. I know that they improved that line. Bring in, was it Lindsey over from the Packers? I can't remember who they brought over. Yeah, Lindsley. Um, you know, they, they improved that line a little bit, but that Washington front line and the front yeah. seven are really good. And the quarterbacks are pretty good too. So Sean Slater is going to get tested. Yeah, it's, it's going to be uh it's going to be a very interesting game. I think going to be one of the better ones of the week, uh, but you're, I'm still in on, on Herbert Allen and Eckler outside of those three, though. I'm not taking a shot on, on anybody else in this offense right now. What uh, will we see from Ryan Fitzpatrick in this pass offense? And then we'll kind of jump into Curtis Samuel and what this means for the receivers after. Yeah, it's a little bummer. Curtis Samuel's out, but um, I still think, you know, Terry McLaurin, we thought he was going to have a good game. I still like Antonio Gibson. I think um, with a little bit of the shuffling behind him, Logan Thomas probably sees a little bit of an uptick. He's shown uh, that he's pretty solid there at tight end. Uh, we'll probably see a little bit of Deami Brown. Dennis thinks uh, we'll see a lot of Adam Humphreys with some Deami Brown and Cam Sims. I think all those guys are going to be in the mix. I also think it might help J.D. McKissick a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's I, Patrick. I talked a little bit about it. I think it's going to be big for Terry McLaurin because he hasn't had that quarterback that's not afraid to force the ball into him. This might not be the defense you want to take chances with, though. They do have um, a very good second. And finally getting Derwin James back. Excited to see him out on the field for like the Knock first time. In, I know. As soon as the game started out there for – no, I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say anything bad. Please stay healthy, Derwin James, because I think he's one of the best defensive players in the game. We just haven't been able to see him. Uh, but I, I definitely think McLaurin can go out there and have a good game. I don't know if I can trust anybody outside of – of Logan Thomas. I just don't know what these receivers are going to look like. I mean, I had high hopes for Curtis Samuel, but at the same time, he didn't have Turner as his offensive coordinator in Carolina, and Turner couldn't figure out how to use him. So now I don't know if that's really going to work here in Carolina either. Uh, but we do know Curtis Samuel has gone to the IR. It looks like, IR. yeah, it looks like that might be a boost for Logan Thomas as, as he's kind of going to be in the same area of the field. We saw him have a really good season at last year, breakout year. Is that kind of the other guy you're leaning on, or, or, or do you lean more toward a Cam Sims or or whoever else, I guess? Yeah, probably the only ones I, I feel confident starting this week, McLaurin, Thomas, Gibson. 
I mean, if I had, if I was really pressed, I might go with McKissick because they have a, a rotation there. You know, they might have more plays to backs. Um, but I, I'm not sure which of those receivers. I found Adam Humphrey was on the team until uh, this yeah. Samuel went to IR. So definitely not all bought in on him. Yeah. Yeah, it's Logan Thomas for me. I think he's going to, even though I didn't rank him, it's Logan Thomas. He's going to be uh, very, very good, I think, especially while Samuel's out. Who would, did you guys pick to win the game? We are both taking the football team. <sighs> taking the charges. I got Justin Herbert winning an MVP this year. You got to start out 1-0 to do that, I think. The New York Jets at the Carolina Panthers. Sam Darnold revenge game, baby. What are we expecting from the New York Jets? I'm just kind of excited to see the Jets. Dennis said uh, he thinks they'll be surprisingly effective but inconsistent with Crowder out. It'll be exciting to watch more Davis and maybe Mims. Uh, Corey Davis, probably the only um, Jets player I feel good about starting. I, you know, I want to see how Zach Wilson eases in. We have no idea what the running back rotation is going to be. I mean, I think they could use four or five guys. Nothing would surprise me right now. Um, I was really high on Carter, but I'm, I'm urging caution there. And with more Mims, Keelan Cole, I'm sure they're all mixing. We're probably going to see the Tyler Croft breakout game that no one expected. Yeah. I think if you have to start a running back in that game, it's Tevin Coleman for me, just because I think he's going to be the lead running back, but I don't think that's going to last very long. Uh, could be completely wrong here, people. So take this as what it's worth. I think Elijah Moore is going to have a big game on Sunday. I'm starting him. I, I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to outshine Corey Davis. On the pan- uh, that's very true. Like four for 40 because, you know, it's Corey Davis. So what, uh, what are you expecting from Sam Darnold in his first game with Carolina going up against his old team? I mean, Carolina has a pair of great offensive coaches, and they have a, a better, more experienced skill position set. You know, he's got Robbie Anderson. He's got DJ Moore. They have Terrace Marshall to throw in there. But CMC is a difference maker. So I think that's going to take a lot of pressure off of Sam Darnold. That's something that the Jets are going to have to game plan for. The Jets uh, were have been working on building that defense. They had some unfortunate injuries with some key contributors, so I think it's going to take them a little bit of while to get on track. So I think Carolina is going to come out and look good. Dennis also expects them to lean on CMC and take some shots with the wide receiver groups. He thinks pass attempts might be high, but yards per attempt a little bit lower because they will be able to throw to CMC who is basically their number two receiver. Yeah. I, I said this last year. I was all in on Joe Brady, and I thought Matt Rule was a great hire out of Baylor for the way he rebuilds programs. I'm all in on him. I think Brady is a phenomenal offensive coordinator. I would not be surprised if he's a head coach in college or the NFL by this time next year. And having CMC back, I know some of you may not watch college football, but Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was such a big name coming out in college because of what Joe Brady did for him. CMC is like a thousand times the player that CEH is no offense to CEH. Christian McCaffrey is, is amazing. He is back and healthy. He is going to go out there and remind everybody why he is RB one. I expect the Panthers to have a good game. I'm going to skip the order and just go right ahead and say, it. I'm picking the Panthers to win this game uh, yeah. because of that. It's a, queen. it's a clean sweep. I think we all expect them. 
All right, next up, we have got the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Houston Texans. Possibly the worst game of the entire weekend. Not possibly. It's going to be the worst game of the entire weekend. If, if you thought the call of three to six in the Bengals Minnesota game was bad, this is going to be like two to nothing going into halftime because Tyrod Taylor is going to get a safety. It's, it's going to be bad, guys. It's going to be bad. Which receiver finishes better, DJ Chark, Marvin Jones, or LaVisca Chenault for you in week one? Dennis said week one he wants it to be Jones. I want it to be Chark, but I think it's going to be Chenault. I've started to realize that I'm just like a year too early on all of my calls. I was all in on DJ Chark last year. I'm back. I made a very bad trade. And Austin, if you're still watching, the more I thought about it, I hate you because you took advantage of my my Buckeye homerism. So I'm all in on DJ Chark because I need it to happen. I need it because I traded for him, and I don't love the trade that I made. So I'm all in on DJ Chark. All right. Which back leads for the Texans? You got Phillip Lindsay or David Johnson. Mark Ingram is still technically there. Uh, but they're really not talking about him a whole lot. Uh, so who do you expect, though, out of those three to lead the backfield for the Texans? I just, you know, your uh, your moment of clarity there about your trade was probably more entertaining well, than anything in this game. In this game? Be. Yeah. yeah. That's, I'm going to clip it. That's what I'm going to clip and send to everybody. He knows it. He knows it. He took it. Uh, you know what? We've got a couple minutes. I'll just... We talked about this at Debbie Debate. We have an after show every single week. And we play in a league that's a... Um, it's a two-copy league, so you can't you can't have the same players on either side. And he accidentally drafted DJ Chark in both leagues. So he's like, I have to trade him in one of them because I can't have him on both sides. I have a great team on one side. And he was like, well, hey, you've got Robert Woods. Like, I'm interested. Can we make a deal? And I was like, all right, let, let's, let's see what we can do. And then he teases me with a Buckeyes wide receiver. I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. And then the more I think about it, I'm like, I just gave up Robert Woods, who's like consistently a top 13 wide receiver for DJ Chark, who's my looks probably going to be like wide receiver 31 this year. Really? Also, I could just get the Buckeyes player. I was like, this was a bad idea on my part. After all the time that you and Dennis have spent this off season talking about how terrible uh, Myers offense is going to be with Bevel Hall. And I know. And I do when you mention Ohio State players, I just I see the scarlet and gray, and I'm like, you know what? Let's make it happen, Austin. And then I'm like, yeah. that was a bad move on my part. Speaking of disappointing, uh, Dennis says for Houston's backfield, he thinks Lindsey leads them in carries. And this le- next sentence is, is purely him, but caused my heart to stop. Unless Mark Ingram is effective for some reason, DJ will be the leader of the passing game. I'm just going to say I think Philip Lindsay finishes the best for fantasy scoring. And if Mark Ingram's out on the field, we know for darn sure that Houston wants the number one pick. Yeah, they'll still find a way to mess that up. Uh, it's Philip Lindsay for me. I mean, we've been talking about him for years. I think he's the best back as long as he stays healthy. I, I don't – Mark Ingram, I think, overall was by far the better player, but he's not what he once was. And David Johnson, kind of the same thing. He's looked shot. Of uh, the past couple years, so uh, it's Philip Lindsay for me, and I'd be willing to start Lindsay as well because I don't think this Jags defense is going to be very good. So I am starting Lindsay in a couple of places. Since we technically have to pick this game, yeah, there has to be picking? a winner. There doesn't uh, have to be. There doesn't have to be. Dennis and I are taking the Jaguars. 
Can I pick a tie just for fun? You can. Is that what you're I'm going to take a tie. I'm going to take a tie. 17 to 17 tie. If that happens, this, this clip's going all over. All I over mean, the internet. if that happens, a bunch of people aren't going to see the start of their late afternoon game, which is probably superior because they're watching overtime between these two. No, nah, they'll kick that off. Even the announcers will be like, we don't want to watch this garbage. Can we please? <laughs> I think they already else. put Gus Johnson on a plane there to try to spice this one up. Poor Gus, I feel for him because I love Gus Johnson. I, I, I'll Gus, I will take your spot. Please don't do not subject Gus Johnson to that. That's just ridiculous. All right, the game that I know I will be very tuned into, and I think has a chance to be one of the best games of the weekend. The Cleveland Browns going up against the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City. Matt, what are you expecting from Odell Beckham Jr. in his return um, to the lineup for the Browns? At this point right now, I'm hoping he plays. I, I didn't think there was much danger of that until today when Stefanski said he's a true game time decision. So I'm gonna be bummed if we don't get to see him because I think he's in I think he's gonna return strong. I, I was we talked about this on Wednesday. I've got him up in my top twenty four. I have Baker up in my top ten for QBs. I think you have to score to keep up with Kansas City. I think this is gonna be a fun game and I was really looking forward to seeing Odell back. I honestly think this is a little bit of gamesmanship. I think Odell's going to be fine and he's going to play. They've been talking a lot up about this defense. I think that's going to be key for the Browns in this game. Can they, like last year, I know, you know, I know you had my back when we talked about this on Debbie debate, but Austin wanted to give me all kinds of crap about how they were not having even play Patrick Mahomes. But if you actually go back and look at that game last year, they were limiting that chiefs offense to field goals. And that's what they have to do again in this game with what looks like it's going to be a better defense. Will any receiver outside of Kelsey or Tyreek Hill emerge here for you uh, on the Chiefs side? Dennis just simply asked, does one need to? And the answer to that, Dennis, is no. Uh, one. They don't need another one to emerge, and they're probably not going to have one emerge. You might see a nice RB2 game from CEH if he can uh, stay healthy, but I think it's it's the big three for Kansas City, and that's it. I feel like this might be a little bit of a hot take, but I actually don't think Hill's going to have a great game. But Kelsey is going to torch the Browns again. And I mean again. Literally the last two times they've played him, he's been phenomenal. It's going to happen again. Kelsey's going to be phenomenal. I don't think one in your heart, tight end one in your team. He's tight in the field. Tied in, hope he blows his – nah, never mind. I was going to say blow his knee out, but yeah. I'm just kidding. I don't want to see that. I love you, Kelsey. Those, those kind of things you. always come back on us in negative ways. We can't – I know. It's going to be Baker. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, it's going to be bad if it ends up Baker gets hurt because I made a joke. I'm just kidding. I, I hope Kelsey stays healthy. I, I don't think that Hill will have a big game. I think that's who they're going to focus on. Yeah. And, and realistically, and we talked about this last year in the playoff preview for these two teams. The Browns linebacker situation hasn't gotten much better, and Kelsey did nothing but torch those guys last year. It's going to happen again. Who are you guys picking to win this game? Dennis is taking the Browns. I am taking the Chiefs, but I think it's a tight game. Well, Matt had to go, so I'm going to finish up the show here, uh, and we're taking the Cleveland Browns to win this game. I can't pick against them. I, I have been saying all offseason – as soon as this game was released, I think this the Browns will get this win. They're saying all the right things. I don't believe them that this game doesn't matter to them. I saved my Browns revenge game for my playoff pick. 
Well, see, I picked them to lose that game. So that's probably you probably picked the better one for them to win because I, I picked them to lose that game. So why do you Next, hate the Browns? You know, because of 30 years of pain and torture, that's why I hate the Browns. Next up, the Miami Dolphins at the New England Patriots. What do you hope to see from the Dolphins offense? A lot of very intriguing pieces that all kind of revolve around what really is. Well, I shouldn't say is because we know he's a person. Who really is Tua Tungabaiola? What? Uh, what? Dennis. <laughs> what if? Who is a zombie? Oh, wait, no, that's Marvel. Uh, Dennis said he's hoping to see evidence that uh, Miles Gaskin is a clear number one running back and gets usage that way. I would like to see that, too. That's been the hope. It seemed like that was where it was trending when they didn't draft anyone. Um, I also would like to see what Tua can do. They they talked a lot in training camp that he looked better. We didn't get to really see much in the preseason. I don't see stock footage from training camp of Miami too often. Uh, I'm excited to see him out there playing with Waddle. I'm actually starting Waddle in a couple places. Yeah, I'm I'm very intrigued to see what this offense does. I don't think they're going to do much this week. I'm, I really think New England and Bill are going to do a good job of, of kind of – At least they don't have to see Stefan Gilmore. That is true. Um Gaskin, I do think, is going to be fine. I'm really interested to see how Gesicki, Will Fuller, and Parker play out. We know Waddle and Tua have played together. How do those three kind of work with Tua in this game? I don't feel comfortable starting anybody outside of Gaskin. Um, but if I had, if you had to pick one wide receiver, I would pick Parker. It's who I rank the highest just because I think he's got this – I don't – seniority doesn't matter. It's not a job. But I feel like because he was there last year and he kind of had that good year – that he's going to be the guy, which would, would Waddle be the one that you would pick? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Waddle's my, my pick. Mac Jones gets his first start here for New England Patriots. Tom Brady, like 5.0, because he's not really that close to Tom Brady, but I do think he's going to be very good here. What are you expecting from him? Uh, Dennis said that he wants to see him not make any mistakes, lean on his two tight ends, which are really his best passing weapons, and ride the running game with Harris. I think the Patriots are going to run a fairly conservative game plan uh, to try to protect him a little bit. Again, they don't have any huge big-time playmakers, in my opinion, outside of wide receiver. I expect we're going to see Damian Harris. I think we're going to see James White, the veteran out there, probably see some Ramondre Stevenson uh, just to make Felix's day. I think they are going to use Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith, especially as they get down close. And I think Mac Jones is going to be fine, but not spectacular. I, I believe it was the documentary of Nick Saban and Bill Belichick where they both come from the same philosophy that they just want their quarterback to distribute the ball. Mac Jones is incredible at that one thing. A lot of people talked about how well he played last year for Alabama, and he did. He made a lot of big-time throws. But the one thing he did for sure was get the ball to his playmakers and let them do what they need to do. I expect him to do that in this game, whether it's Janu, hopefully Hunter Henry plays because somehow I ended up with quite a few shares of him and I need him to be good. But James White, Harris, I think all of those guys, Jacoby Myers, I would feel comfortable starting. I think could, he could have a good game as well. Overall, though, I don't expect this to be a high-scoring game. I think the defenses are going to rule the day on this one. Who are you guys picking uh, for the game? Uh, I like the Dolphins season long, but I took the Patriots this week, as did Dennis. Taking the Dolphins. I, I've, I, I mean, Dennis has the Patriots making the playoffs. I've got the Dolphins making it. I think uh, <clears throat> I really I like what they're doing. I, I really like what they're doing down there, Miami. And I think uh, 
If two is going to be the guy, you've got you can't. Uh, I guess you can start out the season zero and one, but you, you need to start getting wins against teams you need to beat. Yeah. Next up, um, a game they probably thought was going to be a good one. I don't really think so. Green Bay at New Orleans. What will the split in the back be, backfield be for AJ Dillon? And do you think he is worth a flex this week? Uh, Dennis said the Packers have declared they will use multiple backs uh, and would be he would be good starting A.J. Dillon in deeper or multi-flex leagues. Uh, I think Dillon's going to get some work. He, uh, you know, rumors about his share have cooled a little bit. I'm all in on Aaron Jones. I probably am not starting uh, Dillon anywhere. I'm also curious to see if they work in Kylan Hill. I would start Dylan because uh, a lot like what we talked about on Wednesday, I don't think this is going to be a very good game. I think Green Bay is going to get up early, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see Dylan out there quite a lot toward the end of the game. I don't think he's going to get mixed in a ton. I do think it's going to be the Aaron Jones game early, but I think Dylan could get a lot of work late in the game to make him flex worthy. Saw that a couple times with Jamal Williams, and I think Dylan can be that. I mean, Dude's quads are like the size of my entire body, so I think he'll he'll be he'll be all right. On New Orleans side, what are we expecting from Jameis Winston? I think if you watched um, the Wednesday show, you know exactly where this is going. Yeah. But if you didn't, Matt, what are you expecting out of Winston? Dennis says he expects Winston to catch a lot of blame for the loss, even though he doesn't have much of a wide receiver core. Saying he doesn't have much of a wide receiver core is probably an overstatement. Traquan Smith just went on the short-term IR. So he's definitely out. Adam Troutman's already banged up. So he's got what? Maybe Nick Vanette, Deontay Harris, and then Marquez Callaway, who's probably going to get like quadruple covered because he's the only guy out there actually capable of making a play. And then I think they have uh, the ghost of Chris Hogan somewhere on that roster, maybe Ty Montgomery. Winston, for me, was my lowest rated starting quarterback, not because of his talent, but because of the situation. I, I'm not playing him. I mean, he's going to throw the ball like 40 times. That's for damn sure. I mean, he's not going to be afraid to throw it anywhere near Jair Alexander, even though he shouldn't. Uh, but Green Bay's got a really good defense. I mean, just to give you guys an idea of how bad New Orleans is hurting for wide receivers, they called me. And unfortunately, I tore both my ACLs the other day trying to get ready to get on the plane for him. So I'm not going to be there. It's it's no good. We're not, we're, we're not doing it. I'm with you. I think I had 29. Green Bay, I have Green Bay winning the Super Bowl. This defense is legit. I, I'm not going anywhere near them, and I'm taking the Packers to win this game fairly we're easily. All taking, we're all taking the Packers. Next up, your Denver Broncos at the New York Giants. Melvin Gordon or Javante Williams leads the backfield in week one, and whichever one you pick, do you feel good starting them this week? I don't feel great about um... – making a starting decision because I, you know, I think it could be either of them. I'm leaning toward Melvin Gordon being the, the better play this week and probably earlier in the season. Um, but then Javante being the better player throughout the season, they've already expressed a lot of confidence in him. Dennis said something similar. He said he expects the backfield to lean Gordon to start the season, but William offers the kind of big play upside. Um, he said he'd be okay flexing both of them. I, you know, I could make a case for either of them flexing. I am starting actually both uh, in different places. So, who did this happen with last year? I'm trying to remember. And it wasn't not Taylor because Taylor, because Matt got hurt. Wasn't there a running back that started out behind a veteran and then ended up just like going gangbusters? Or am I misremembering that? 
Yeah, well, um, it was probably Taylor behind Neheim Hines. Maybe it was Taylor. I could have swore it was somebody else, yeah. but, but I that feel was more of a, a coaching thing. Yeah, well, yeah, well, let's not go back to the the Frank Reich oh, hour here. DeAndre Swift was behind. Yes, there we go. I think Javante could do that this year, and I would feel comfortable starting him this week. I just think he's the better running back, and, and I, I don't think he's going to get enough run. We saw it a lot last year with Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. The difference last year was Philip Lindsay kept getting hurt, and so that kept keeping him off the field, and Melvin Gordon kept getting his. If Javante, I don't think, is going to get hurt. If you ever seen the dude run, he, he'll run through a brick wall right now if you ask him to. I think he's going to be just fine. I'd be fine starting probably either one of them as flexes and hoping one gets to an RB2 types game. Don't know if that's in the cards, but I, I think Javante is going to end up having the better day week one, and I think he's going to take over that starting job sooner rather than later. Will Daniel Jones do anything against this very good, not just Denver secondary, but Denver defense in general? Dennis said he'll turn the ball over, um, given his tendency to turn the ball over and the team's desire to take it easy on Barkley. It'll be a long day for the Giants offense, not in a good way. Uh, I don't expect a lot out of the Giants offense. Uh, Barkley was my recommended sit at running back. They haven't even said definitively he's going to play. I think if he does play, he's on a pitch count. It's a good defensive front. There's questions about the Giants' offensive line. There's still questions about the Giants' weapons. <clears throat> and Daniel Jones is going to be facing Kyle Fuller, Ronald Darby, Bryce Callahan, and Patrick Sertan the second, along with Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons. So RIP Daniel Jones. I don't think, you know, I posted this on Twitter. I don't think Daniel Jones is starting quarterback in 2022. The road to that uh, eventuality begins Sunday. Start Kadarius Tony, baby. Huge Isn't game he, incoming. I thought he's I'm, still I'm, injured. I'm kidding. I actually I'm, thought I'm, he was I'm, injured. I'm kidding. Um, yeah, I mean, if Jones, the turnovers worries me. Obviously, when you've got Von Miller, um, Fully healthy, Bradley Chubb fully healthy, probably coming after you, especially with as bad as that offensive line was last year. Likely not improved much this year. And honestly, your boy Jonathan Cooper has looked incredible uh, in preseason as an edge rusher. They moved him to that outside linebacker right. behind Vaughn. I, I don't – I'm not taking much away from this. I mean, even, you know, Kenny Galladay hasn't looked that great there. You know, I want Barkley to be good, but – I feel like last year we we saw a lot of this, unfortunately, beginning of the season. I know he got hurt in, in week two, but Barkley wasn't doing really well in those first two games anyways because of how bad this offensive line was, and I think we're unfortunately going to see a lot of that even if he is on a pitch count. You have to start him because chances are you don't have many other better options, but I'm not expect, I'm expecting like a Zeke-level game out of him this week, which is it sucks to say because Barkley is a transcendent talent, and – I don't know if it was you who said it, or I know someone at Camps to Canton said this. It may have even been Felix. It sucks to think that we may see the New York Giants waste the talent that is Saquon Barkley for his career because it doesn't look like it's going to get any better I mean, anytime soon. They're certainly well on their way, and if they have to restart, as I suspect, a quarterback, you're talking about him going into what year – year actually be year five, probably the yeah. end of his rookie deal. With yeah, because they just picked having... up his – yeah. I mean, that's the problem for the Giants. Any good players they have aren't healthy right now. So um, Dennis and I are both uh, taking the Broncos. And I'm going to go further. If the Broncos don't win, I don't think Fangio gets on the team playing. I think they leave his ass in New York. 
Well, I don't think that'll happen. I, I'm picking Denver as well to win this game. The fighting Justin Fields against the Los Angeles Rams. Will David Montgomery pick up where he left off in 2020? And it's the Chicago Bears, if you don't know who Justin yeah. Fields is. Uh, Dennis said he will, but it just won't be till next week. I tend to think that's uh, accurate too. I think he's still going to have a decent season. Uh, Trey Cohn is gone yet again. Um, wasn't healthy back on pup. Uh, I think David Montgomery is good. I'm not expecting a lot out of the bears offense against a very good Rams defense on the road. A Rob is the only player I feel comfortable starting in this game. Yep. That is it. And David Montgomery, I'm with you guys. I think he's going to be a good RB2 all season. You'll be lucky if he finishes an RB3 this week. That Rams front line is ridiculously good. What are we expecting from the Rams backfield? They've got Henderson, Sony Michelle. I feel like 30 other players, and I just don't have time to name all of them. What are you expecting I think they're, out of them? I think they're down just basically to Jake Funk because Xavier Jones got injured and then got released. Yeah. Uh, so good they're just right. They don't have the- – uh, the no, red and the yeah, funk when those it. other two guys get injured. Yeah. Uh, the Rams have shown that they will only ride Henderson when given no other option, is what Dennis says. So look for a backfield split with Henderson getting a little more work in the passing game and Michelle more at the goal line. Um, that's probably fair. I've said that I think Sonny Michelle slides into that old Malcolm Brown role. I actually think Henderson gets a lion's share of the, the snaps and the work as long as he can stay healthy. Uh, I say avoid all of them because they're just going to no. pass the ball a ton. And Chicago's they, not a great front either. So. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I think Henderson's likely going to be the guy, but if you're asking me, I think it's all going to be about that passing attack for the Rams. Uh, Sean McVay has never seen a passing play he doesn't like, and I think he's going to be calling a lot of them uh, against the Bears, even though the Bears do have a good defense. And, I mean, we've seen Stafford torch that defense many a times, and now he's just got better weapons and a better offensive line around him. Well, and the Bears' secondary definitely took a hit, which makes yeah. that the more vulnerable part of that unit. Who are you picking to win this game? Uh, Dennis said uh, he's picking the Rams. The Rams run to the best record in the NFC starts here. I am also taking the Rams. The Hackers aren't playing in this game. They're the team with the best record in the NFC. Uh, I'm taking the Rams the as well. <laughs> I'm taking the Rams to win this one as well. Last game on the week here, the Baltimore Ravens at the Las Vegas Raiders. I don't even really want to talk about this situation because I'm afraid someone else is going to get hurt between now and Monday. We saw Gus Edwards get hurt. They brought in Latavius Murray, Le'Veon Bell, Devontae Williams. They've got Tyson Williams. What are uh, we expecting? Devonta Freeman. Did I not say Freeman? Who did I say? Said Devonta Williams. I'm not even sure who that is. It was a mixture because they both suck. Uh, what is it you expect out of this uh, running back situation? And do you think, obviously, losing your top two backs, how much this may affect that offense? So Dennis says uh, Williams will lead the way for the running backs. I assume he means Tyson Williams. Uh, but this will be a Lamar Jackson show. Um, you know, we knew that the Ravens uh, fans and Harbaugh wanted to see Lamar Jackson pass more. I didn't realize the links that the coaching staff was going to go to ensure that he had to pass more. Um, this feels like a Look, very ta- Tanya Harding situation happening right now. I heard there's a doctor that transferred from Los Angeles to Baltimore <laughs> a couple weeks ago. That's not been confirmed or denied. And I don't know why that matters, but there's a lot of rumors about that. So just saying. 
So in this game, um, you know, I think we're going to see Lamar Jackson, but uh, I think Tyson Williams among running backs probably leads them this week. I would expect <coughs> that uh, it looks like Latavius Murray is going directly onto the active roster. Um, they might give him a few carries. I suspect they might elevate Le'Veon Bell off the practice squad. I think Freeman stays on the practice squad. They also have somebody else who I'm forgetting uh, in the mix who's, who's a real deep dive. Season long, this is a tough situation. Our friend John Hamlers is all in, said Le'Veon Bell is going to finish as a running back one. I'm a huge Le'Veon Bell fan. I think he's washed a little bit. I think he's going to play the Justice Hill passing role or the role we assumed Justice Hill was going to play. I actually think Latavius Murray at the end of the season ends up as their lead running back. He replaced Mark Ingram in, in New Orleans. I think he comes kind of replaces Mark Ingram here in Baltimore. I think he has potential to finish as a top 24, but this week it's probably Tyson Williams who has the most experience in the system. I'm all for bold calls, but yeah, I don't I don't see that happening with Lev Bell. I, I, Murray makes sense because he's probably the most ready out of all those veterans that they brought in because he just got cut by the Saints and was actually playing. Bell and Freeman were not on rosters at all leading up yeah. until this point. I, I don't see any way Levy. I'm with you. I mean, he did nothing to give you any sign or hope that he was going to be good at all. So I, I don't see that happening. I think it's going to be – I've been saying it even before the injuries. I thought this was going to be a more pass-friendly offense, and I think that's going to happen. I'm all in on Marquise Hollywood-Brown this year, Mark Andrews. I think that that's what we're going to see as well because the Raiders' secondary is arguably one of the worst in the NFL, and you don't need running backs to beat a secondary. You need fast wide receivers. Well, guess what? They've got one of the fastest in Marquise Hollywood-Brown, so I'm expecting those two to hook up and have a very good game. Monday I actually night. did rank him in my top 25 this week. So I, so I think proud. I ranked him at 15. I'm all in on, on, on Hollywood yeah. Brown. I, I know picked him all in on you, but I fantasy, fantasy MVP you'd be proud that I, I, I am. I, am. I hate it because I hate ranking Ravens players that high, but I, I, I think they're in for a big one this week. Speaking of receivers, who leads the Raiders receiver group this week? Dennis said he's sticking with Brian Edwards. I'm also pushing my chips in on Brian Edwards. I ranked him inside my top 40. Boom. As did I, all in, because there's really nobody else. Outside of Waller, the baller, but he's not technically a receiver. So. Yeah, I, I just can't bring myself to buy into Ruggs or Willie Sneed or Hunter Renfro. Neither can I. I thought Hunter Renfro retired. He's like 48 years old. I'm just kidding. His hairline says that, not him. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. Who are we picking to win this game? <laughs> yeah, I had to cut it out with a little bit of, little oh, bit of love there. <laughs> Dennis is taking the Ravens. Uh, this is actually my upset special of the week. I am taking the Raiders. I'm taking the Ravens as well, and I'm pretty sure that um, Hunter Renfro and his hairline and millions of dollars that he's making could care two shits about what I think about his hairline. So just having a little fun at, at his expense. All right, so that will do it for us today. Got NFL football back. Cannot wait. Should be a very fun weekend. I wish everybody their best of looks, unless you're playing me. And in all honesty, chances are I probably don't even know it because I'm in way too many leagues, as I realized yesterday. Okay, it took I me think an hour to play each lineup. other this week. Oh, so bad. I was going through and I was like, oh, I think I'm done. I was like, oh, wait, I forgot all about Sleeper. And had to go into Sleeper and set all those. And oh, I forgot I have two raid drafts on ESPN. It was it was bad. I was not thrilled. That's not even counting all the college lineups I had to go set. So 
<laughs> we really and maintenance really. is I mean, Dennis makes fun of us now. Yeah. My wife actually asked me if I hit 40 leagues on purpose because I turned 40, and I was like, no, that was a sad accident. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was made even more sad when I was sitting there. I just kept looking at my watch. I'm like, this is taking a lot longer than I want this to right now. <laughs> it seriously it's- took takes like every day checking for injuries takes 40 minutes oh i know and the worst part about it is like i was i have jk dobbins in some of my leagues the problem is i can't remember which 15 out of 53 is in so i'm checking every single one by the time i get there williams is gone this i'm just like starting patrick ricard this week let's go let's go patrick i need you buddy so also you don't realize how how minor complaint but how slow some of these uh, oh, platforms yeah. are to actually acknowledge like i'm not gonna straight drop some of these guys who are injured but i need you to acknowledge that they're on the ir adam Schefter posted three hours ago can you not figure this out yeah it's uh you know one of the uh one of the issues of being way too many leagues so we will be back again on monday matt myself and dennis correct dennis is with so. us on mondays yes. so we will be back to recap all of these sunday night games talk any more any news that comes out for before the monday night football game so everybody good luck in your week one matchups enjoy the weekend and we will see you guys again on monday prepare for glory i don't know if you got your pop on there Who can make a play? I can't. Who can make a play? <laughs>